Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88, wherever you are. And you are joined by myself, Lawson, and my wonderful co-host, Danuta. Danuta, how are you doing this morning? Doing really well, Lawson. Refreshed for another new day. What about you? Oh, I am just stoked that we can be broadcasting all over Australia and that people are listening to us this morning talk about all things positively different radio. Yes. But yeah, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm... I'm good. Okay. I will. Confess something. Are you, are you guys? Here oh, goes. Get ready. I just had a moment <laughs> yesterday. So on Tuesday, yep. I went to this place that serves food that's called Malatang. Okay. Now, this is something I, I talked about. No, no, no. It's Chinese. <laughs> okay. Um, so what you do is you go and get a bunch of ingredients off the wall. You put it into a bowl. Like you pick the ingredients you want and then you give it to the people. They weigh it. You pay by weight and then they cook it up for you in like either a soup or a stir fry or whatever. And it's, it is one of my favorite dishes like to eat. Now, this will be really fresh. Too. Oh, that's the thing. it's so good. Like they just cook it straight up in front of you and then give it to you. It's a Amazing, but um, I there's there's one Malatang restaurant here in Newcastle. It's like okay compared to the ones down in Sydney. Like the ones in Sydney are amazing, wow. uh, but you know it's okay. And, and I went there with my friend. We actually we did a Bible study. Then went to Malatang after, and I got like fifty dollars worth of Malatang. Like I got heaps. What? But no, 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 hear me out. It was meal prep. It was meal prep because I saved a bunch of it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to eat this for lunch tomorrow. And the next day, like, I saved heaps. Like, I got this massive big bowl and then, like, put it into a takeaway container. And I was so stoked and so happy. And I get home yesterday and I open the fridge. I bet it was eaten by others. And, and like, 80, 80% of it was gone. <laughs> and I was just livid. Like, you I, were I, too greedy. I felt like I, I had lost a child. Yeah. Now, that is the most awful thing. I shouldn't say that. But I, <laughs> but it was just one of those moments. I was like, are you for real? But, you know, it's, it's all good now. But I just thought I'd have to, I just need to defend that, guys. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And we are going to have our first quiz for today. Mm, what kind of animal was the prodigal son feeding when he realised he should return home to his father? <laughs> what kind of animal was the prodigal son feeding when he realised he should return home to his father? That's a fairly well-known story. Yeah. It's one of the parables but it relates to so many aspects of life, doesn't it? Because there's, there's the son that remains, there's the son that goes away and mm. returns to the father, then there's a lot about the father, but, you know, yeah. And when you answer, put in your answers because you go in for the draw of food mm. as medicine, cooking for your best health, which is mm-hmm. by Sue Rad, and it's ordered the best health and nutrition cookbook in the world for 2017. We have been looking through the book here as well. And of course, I bought my wine from home with lots of fabulous recipes. Mm. Um, but yeah, so send in your numbers, uh, send in your answers, 0491-064-669. And again, that question was, what kind of animal was the prodigal son feeding when he realised he should return home to his father? I remember when I was maybe six years old, I I went to a Catholic school, I was sitting in the classroom and watching a cartoon about this story. And I remember thinking like, what an idiot. (laughs) Why would he leave home and go through all of that? Like everything was all good before, you know, and obviously, you know, the prodigal living aspect of it in in a children's cartoon was just kind of explained as like, he went and could eat all the junk food he wanted. And like, you know, I was like, 
that is such a bad deal. <laughs> like, but anyway, so you're listening to the breakfast yeah, show this morning. Absolutely. Again, that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to text. But what is happening in the world of positively different news? Positively different news. Well, um, there's a vet conference in Denver. Oh, that, nice. Yeah, that turned into a free clinic to care for pets oh. of homeless people. I thought that was jolly fabulous. Mm. They didn't just get all of the vets together and have a conference, but they said, let's do something. Let's serve the community. Mm. And of course, um, service is really important when we talk about it from a biblical aspect as mm. well. Jesus came to serve. And so what they did is they actually for a weekend actually opened it up for homeless mm. people to bring their companion animals and receive any medical care that they actually needed and so that was done in partnership with the street dog coalition and mm. a number of corporate sponsors and people brought their dogs in and of course companionship for we've been talking about that a bit this week that we've all been designed for having a sense of belonging mm-hmm. for having community and for homeless people to actually have animals is really important because it gives them emotional support and each pet was actually given a referral uh, if they needed something further as well. But people experiencing homelessness have actually incredibly mm. strong bonds with their pets um, because they provide them with, like I said, emotional support, mm. unconditional love. I don't know about you. We've got two dogs. And I just think, like, you know, even if you were nasty to them, which we, we try not to be, you know, we, we aren't, I should say. Mm. But when they have their occasional fight, it can actually, you kind of go, like, you, you rouse them a bit. Mm-hmm. But the you thing... discipline them. Yeah. Yeah. They need discipline too. Mm-hmm. But the thing is they'll always show you unconditional love. You know, you come home, you've got this welcome thing. So for homeless people, animals are really important. So companionship and purpose is is what they receive from that too. And I thought that was just a fantastic thing. I think of the Bible verse, you know, in, in Matthew 25 where Jesus says, when you've done it mm-hmm. to the least of these, you've done it unto me. And I think so many people, the homelessness is, is on the increase in a lot of places. I remember when we were in LA several years ago with my husband, I was really, really surprised at mm. the amount of homelessness that was there. Like literally by the train station, there was like stacks and stacks of them and you'd be traveling in the, in, in the train from where we were staying and you'd see them on the side, you know, out, out of the window. And that for me was probably the first time where I saw it just being so confronting. But here's the thing that people are homeless for all sorts of reasons. Sometimes people may actually lose their job unexpectedly. They may actually go through divorce unexpectedly. They may have major health problems that have never come their way. There's a whole gamut of reasons behind why someone may be homeless. So what's really important is that we should never judge anyone when we see them being homeless. Mm. In fact, my husband at times when we used to live in Sydney, and we saw some in the, especially in the CBD, we actually would actually buy them some food, um, because they were in need and, and, um, or give them a drink. So yeah, look out, look out for the homeless ones. Hey, another really great one is this, this one's also an animal one. We're talking mm. all things animal a bit this morning. <clears throat> but last Friday, uh, there's a farmer in India who was, Carrying a leopard, can you believe it, on the back of his motorbike? Mm. On the back of his motorbike, a leopard, right? Wow. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and people were wow, thinking, yeah, I mean, that that's pretty game, hey? Mm-hmm. Like you'd be – so here's the thing, right? People were thinking when they – somebody actually filmed him 
because they were going to they were planning to report him. But here's the true part of the story: so the people were think, thinking that he was poaching a leopard. Now it's not poaching like an egg, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But poaching in India, leopard poaching is quite common. Mm. Uh, it's actually means that they actually you know kill the animals for their skins. And hunting big caps is a big caps big cats yes. is a tradition that goes back many centuries in India mm. from the time of the British Raj, and so today leopards and tigers are still actually being poached for their skins. And here's the thing that the Wildlife Protection Society of India has actually documented that it was in its low point in 2013, but since 2013. Leopard poaching, animal, animal poaching, you know, cheetahs, tigers has been on the increase. And mm. so what's the, what's the beautiful thing with this story is that this guy actually saw this young leopard, only nine months old, in his field and he saw that, that there was a problem and he thought, I've got to do something about it. So he actually put this leopard over the back part of his motorbike and he drove into the town in India mm. um, and... And yeah, he just took it to the vet. Is in the district of Hassan, of Hassan in India, and uh, yeah. So it turns out he was doing good rather than bad, which mm. is um, absolutely a fantastic thing. So yeah, I think let's 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 look out for our animals. Let's absolutely. be let's be good to them. I think yeah. you know Proverbs twelve ten says that the righteous care for the needs of their animals. Mm. I think, you know, there's even lots of Bible, diff- different texts about the fact that we're actually meant to look after animals yeah, and nature. Yeah, it's our, it's and our stuff. original job. It to is. To tend to the garden, <laughs> to care for the animals. Like, the environment. Absolutely. Well, they're part of God's creation, aren't yeah. they? The thing mm. is, I mean, God never created them to be uh, dangerous animals. Mm. <clears throat> that came after sin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, you've got to wonder, like, they're around. Mm-hmm. So what happened in Noah's day? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, es- essentially God has given us this job to care for animals. And and why not? Like animals are just the best. I, I, and especially like as human beings, we're in the position in which there isn't really an animal that poses a threat to us in regard to, you know, that can wipe out humanity, that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we're left in the position to just care for them. And to, I think also we definitely, and God has given us a hand in, you know, uh, looking after and over ecosystems. In at times we have done that incredibly wrong and then, oh, and failed in, so badly. incredibly hard. Well, cane toads is mm. like probably one of the best examples of just the absolute foolishness of humanity <laughs> when tampering with. So, so, and so many people don't like cane, cane toads. Oh, eh? <laughs> they they just ravage North Queensland. Yeah. You know, even stories coming out of the United States. I think it's it's in Yosemite and Wyoming. They they killed all the wolves there because they're like, oh, this is a pest, and then. And as a result, like the elk population got way too big and this this area that used to all be beautiful like forest and, and like this kind of beautiful green grassy is, is just now just dirt and dust and and rock because of the you know the the explosion of the elk population. So it's often we have put our hand into conservation and we have taken some missteps Mm. but i think and and that is just because of our short-sightedness really at the end of the day but god has given us this job and so yeah let's care for our animals let's you know help them and fix them and and live our best lives with them because i I think when animals are involved in our lives we do live our best lives absolutely yeah 
You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we are going to have our next quiz. What green stone resembles the rainbow circling God's throne in heaven? Mm-hmm. Oh, I did a sermon on this about a year ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. When I actually asked the congregation, like, where else other than, uh, you know, the story of Noah do we see the rainbow? Mm. And a lot of people didn't know. Yeah. So, anyway, I'll put out some different things. So, the question is, what green stone resembles the rainbow circling God's throne in heaven? Uh, answer the question, um, and you'll go in for the draw of food as medicine, cooking for your best with health. It's a fantastic cookbook. Phone number is zero four nine one zero six four double six nine. I have something to surprise you and Shell. Oh, on food. I'm huh? not going to take much time, but huh? we were talking. Li- Brus- okay, uh, uh, live unboxing in the studio live. this morning. I didn't know this was happening. What's what's no, up? No, no, no. We were talking Brussels sprouts yesterday. No way. Ta-da! Red Brussels sprouts. Thank you, Suzanne. Yesterday, you mentioned red Brussels sprouts. I went to Aldi after being here mm. yesterday, um, and I went just to buy a few fruit and veggies. And I happened to look up at the green Brussels sprouts, and there they were, the red, the red Brussels, Brussels sprouts. sprouts. So, Yum. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we talked all things Brussels sprouts yesterday. They are around in New South Wales, and if you want to try them, look around in the shops for them. And we're going to be asking. Oh, we'll be asking, yeah. We'll be asking. Go, Shell, yep. Sorry, yeah, we'll be asking Rod later if, if we should be eating them or not. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's food colouring in them, but anyway. <laughs> Hey, that is amazing. Again, our number is 0491-064-669. If you know the answer to that one, which is, what is the green stone that resembles the rainbow? Uh, what is What green stone resembles the rainbow circling God's throne in heaven? 0491-064-669. Now, I was saying just before we came on, uh, well, in our show preview this morning, that I wanted to talk about Hollywood. And I specifically want to talk about Angel Studios this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Angel Studios is the studio that are famous for creating and releasing and distributing The Chosen, uh, ah. which has been... So do you want to tell our listeners, some of our listeners may not yeah. know what The Chosen is. Absolutely. Ch- the Chosen has probably been amongst the most highly rated, the most critically successful and commercially successful TV series about Christ that has ever existed. Mm. Uh, it is following basically the life of the disciples living with Christ, you know, hence the name, The Chosen, those who were chosen, chosen. by Jesus to go along with him. And it is a kind of dramatized version of their lives. We talked about The Chosen and I've kind of talked about and referenced some of the, I think, missteps in The Chosen. Chosen, you know, and and highlighting some of the things of oh, when they when they got things wrong, and and just really getting to the like, just stating plainly, the chosen is not the Bible, um, but simultaneously, it is. It could be considered good entertainment. There has been lots of conversations about oh, well, you know, the chosen is funded largely by the Mormon Church or the, the LDS, um, and as a result of that, there's those influences and the director, you know, actively claiming, oh, you know, most of this isn't based on the Bible, but, you know, mm. it's using it. Because there, is, uh, but there are we, bits and pieces that are quite different, aren't yeah, they? But, but the, the storyline is That's there. right, yeah. That, but then they have a committee to study it through. So it's, it's, it's interestingly, it's something to follow and it's walking that line of, of, you know, 
it, it, it's I think it's always going to cop scrutiny from the Christian community because of the diversity of the Christian community and you can't please everyone and even me you can't please me like I, I'm the one who has certain issues with it like I'm I'm the problem but you know they're, they're, that's that's the reality of the situation now Angel Studios has been the first and so far the only studios and the filming of The Chosen has been the only production that has been exempt from the Screen Actors Guild uh, strike. Wow. Which, which has taken place. It's been going for... Actually, I did read that too. Yes, yeah. that's quite in- interesting, isn't it? Well, this strike has been going for three months, but it's been building. So it began with you know certain limitations and whatnot, but now has built up to the... Uh, well, actually, on the night of the premiere of a new movie coming out called Oppenheimer, which is a biography pick of the person who invented the nuclear bomb... Um, the the actors of the film at midnight, like the film was screening. I think the screening started at eleven and was playing, you know, over midnight into the early hours of the wow. morning. At midnight, they just walked out because yeah. they're like, "Oh, our strike starts today. We're we're leaving." So it's been this quite serious thing. Uh, they're basically fighting for a better um, distribution of pay. You know, when they're when they're making the budgets for movies and a, a better distri- distribution standard so that they can get paid more. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, the chosen hasn't been affected by that because. The Chosen is funded primarily and entirely through donations. Yes, it is. So rather than receiving money from large studios and large, uh, you know, whether it's Fox or Universal or one of those, uh, it it has received its funding from people like you and me. You know, and I know plenty of people who have funded The Chosen, who have given donations to The Chosen. And so as a result, they're able, even though most of the actors in The Chosen or a fair few of them are a part of the Screen Actors Guild, uh, they haven't needed to shut down production. Isn't that great? Which is is good. Absolutely. More Chosen sooner. And I think it's yeah. also good that, you know, the, the actors can stay in work, even though over a strike, like usually strikes are potentially paid for. But at the same time, it's, you know, I, I, it, for the actors themselves, they feel comfortable to continue because they're like, oh, they're not fighting against the studio of The Chosen. They're like, we've gotten a pretty good deal here. It's funded by donations. And so, well, this is the thing. The studio itself has been given an exemption by the Screen Actors Guild. So the, it, wow. was, it was a Screen Actors Guild who said, you know, they've reviewed the situation of The Chosen and said, okay, you're fitting within what we are wanting well enough that, you know, you're treating these actors well enough that we want to let, we, we would like to you guys to continue. Yeah. Now, this is not the only big news that has come out about Angel Studios in the last couple of weeks, uh, because in particular, in the, in the last couple of weeks, a movie has been released in cinemas in the United States only called The Sound of Freedom, which has been a massive underground sleeper hit yet has just been followed by total controversy because if this movie is essentially about child trafficking wow um and it's a narrative about this guy he's you know in homeland security and he goes and he saves these kids from they're in the jungles in in south america and they're just known as rebels there isn't any explicit names given to them but particularly in some of the screen cards at the end of the movie where it says that child trafficking is a 150 billion dollar industry in america that's massive isn't uh, which it? is huge but then taking some shots at uh well a a huge a huge narrative that and and some have considered it a conspiracy theory it's it's essentially the accusation that that the government 
and Hollywood are just full is just full of pedophilia. And I think the 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 thing that really blew the top off that narrative. Well, since 2017, there has been this thing called QAnon. Oh man, I feel like I'm really giving you guys <laughs> some some insight into maybe a world you're not familiar with. But QAnon yeah. was essentially these anonymous releases on the internet, these anonymous posts on the internet from an individual that no one knows the identity of that is was essentially getting at and pointing out pedophilia happening within within the government uh, and within Hollywood. And, and of course, that's a, that that did come out even with you know Epstein, yes, and so, stuff. But you know, there's what you're saying is I mean, it's so much bigger than what what we have ever been told or 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 thought of, really. Well, this is the thing: is that it's potentially because no one can mm. verify whether the information of QAnon is true. Yet, because of Epstein, it has shown okay there is you know child sex trafficking mm. happening among the elites of Hollywood mm. and the government, you know, this is something that takes place. But how widespread of an issue that is? Well, like, according to QAnon, it's like every single politician mm-hmm. in the Democratic Party. Um, <laughs> and, but it, it's it's so difficult to know. But uh, uh, like QAnon, the information that it has been sharing is incredibly damning. And that has led to the banning of that kind of information on Facebook. And, on you know, there was an app that was made that would take QAnon posts because they would post on, like, anonymous message boards mm-hmm. and 4chan and whatnot, would take those posts and and you know kind of format them it was banned off the app store because it's it was incredibly damaging information yeah. you know about those who it was about whether it was Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama or you know any of the <laughs> any of the democratic politicians and so you've got this movie suspended in the middle because on one hand you've got people praising the movie for being a good movie on the other hand it took it's 5 ex- years to release because studios and and promotions and cinemas didn't want to release it um and on the uh, further than that so then you've got it's like okay but why didn't they want to release it yeah. and it's like is it because there is a child sex trafficking conspiracy in Hollywood in or... in the government that is widespread or is it because it is adjacent to QAnon information which either is true exposing a real thing taking place or is false and just slanderous to mm-hmm. to politicians and so it's really hanging in the middle and you've got like I, I read articles about it you know the, the Guardian article is like this is a bunch of nonsense and baloney like this is just ridiculous it's all made up um, on the other hand other articles from other news sites being like oh this is really you know this is the watershed moment for faith based filmmaking because the movie itself it is released by Angel Studios which is a Christian studio yeah. uh, it does have spiritual undertones uh, underneath it it is the lead actor is the guy who led uh, the Passion of the Christ too. So it's it's very much in that space, and it's like, and people, the people who have watched the movie, the reviews of the movie are incredibly high, and it, because it's a movie about you know someone a rescue mission. We talked about this, you know, the, our favorite stories, the one where it's like a rescue, you know, these amazing rescue missions, and it's a great movie. But these political undertones and the you know the accusations that even though it's unnamed towards uh, Hollywood figures, towards the government, has just created all this controversy, which basically leaves us in the position, it's like, if I want to watch the movie, I can't, (laughs) because it's never going to release in Australia, it's never going to release on uh, streaming services, so I guess we'll see in the future how we can get it. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We have on the phone with us Rod Bailey. Are you there with us, Rod? 
I am. Good morning. Oh, and we are absolutely stoked to have you on because you are our resident agriculture expert. And uh, yeah, we're happy to talk about all things plants, vegetables, cooking, eating, well, mostly growing, actually. Um, Cooking and eating, we've got Jeremy Dixon for that, you know. We've got got some expert (laughs) chefs. But all things growing, plants and the gardens and whatnot. And we actually had a question for you to start off with, Rod. All right, let's go. All right, so we we were talking about Brussels sprouts yesterday, and oh, I like Brussels. You like Brussels sprouts? Oh, good. See, that's fabulous. Yeah, we've got support for Brussels sprouts in the studio. Some some support, (laughs) some hate. Uh, But regardless, so we were talking about Brussels sprouts, and we had this one text message come in about Brussels sprouts, outlining about how there there are these things called red Brussels sprouts, which we actually have sitting on the bench in front of us this morning. They are red Brussels sprouts. They're like kind of purpley looking. And then someone kind of touched on that and was like, oh, but if it's like red kind of coloring, that that kills that kills vegetables and is like, you know, red. It was, I think it was red coloring kills celery, that kind of thing. And so we're just wanting to know how do red Brussels sprouts come about? Yeah. Uh, they come about perfectly naturally. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Epic. I told you I was thinking that oh, they've got to be a natural way somehow. But so tell us more about that, Rod. Oh, look, they're perfectly natural, perfectly fine to eat, and they're very good for you. So the the red or the purple colour in those Brussels sprouts is created by a family of natural pigments or colours called anthocyanins. Mm -hmm. Look, you've come across them in all sorts of places. Um, Look, just a bit of background, anthocyanins, they're antioxidants, they have anti-inflammatory, anti-diabetic, Antimicrobial, mm. anti obesity, anti cancer properties. Anti death. Yeah, it, well, that's a really good way to sum it up. You know, it, it, it sounds like they're anti everything, but they're actually anti any of those things that are not good for you. And yeah. really, you can't get too much of these these natural pigments. And you know, so we we've been eating them forever in blueberries and blackberries and strawberries and yeah. dark dark coloured plums and cherries and black or red grapes. And, you know that that all over. Um, in in and in the veggies, um, eggplant is just full of this these chemicals. Um, the red or the purple carrots. You know, people love purple broccoli, red cabbage. You know, red and purple caps. Blue tomatoes and red 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 potatoes and these purple Brussels sprouts. Wow, Rod, um, you're making them sound like we can actually eat them like lollies now because they're all anti everything (laughs) else. (laughs) But yeah. the best Brussels sprouts are best eaten when they're fresh and tender. Often when they get to the market, they're they're pretty rubbery and uh, that gives them a bad name. But. yeah, wow. no. Look, there you go. We look, all... general, general principle here. It's a great idea to eat a wide range of colours in your fruit and veggie because that that way you maximise your intake of a wide variety of these plant compounds that have now been proven to be so health promoting. So get into it. That's fabulous. Hey, um, Rod, one of our listeners, Suzanne, is asking a question on this. She's also got an, a second question that's not on Brussels sprouts, so it's all right. I'll ask the first one here first. Let us know whether the red Brussels sprouts taste different to the green ones. Oh, look, some people believe they taste more nutty, um, and, and these compounds do have distinctive tastes. Um, yeah, so many people really prefer the red, the red ones over the green. 
Is that right? And yet, mostly we've tended to see the greenness. So there you go, there you mm. go, nutty. So we don't. What you kind of almost saying? We don't need to add nuts into into whatever we're making with the red Brussels sprouts because they're nutty. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. But you know, nuts bring their own health benefits. Yeah, so absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, just a quick question because you've probably got um, something else that you've got. I know we've got. You have mentioned you've got something else to cover today too. But Suzanne's also asking have have we ever tried coconut milk um, kefir? Is that how you say it? Um, it's for gut health. They're having a gut health program, and she's never tried it. So anything to say on that one, please? No, look, the best coconut milk I've ever eaten was in the Solomon Islands, prepared wow. fresh okay. in, in wow. the kitchen. But I've, I've never tried the kefir, no. No comment. Okay. All right. So we've got to keep searching there. Awesome. Maybe, maybe Suzanne can let us know after their program what she finds out from there yeah. too. Absolutely. Now, Rod, what is happening in the space of agriculture and your exploits and, and what's been going on in that world for you? I don't know whether you can hear the background noise, but it's it's not um uh, it's not um, bellbirds or magpies this morning. Um, <laughs> I'm actually in in central Brisbane at South Bank. I've I've been up here the last couple of days at the 2023 Protected Cropping Australia Conference. Um, you know, where the biggest polyhouse and gla- uh, glasshouse growers have come together. And mm. I'm learning amazing stuff that I can apply in my humble organic garden. Yeah. So, um, yeah, look, I, I thought I'd, I'd talk about something. Many of the discussions have been about how best to manage some of the major factors that limit the growth of our veggies. Mm. You know, managing light and temperature, nutrients and water and Interestingly, carbon dioxide. Um, and I, I was fascinated to hear these experts talking about installing carbon dioxide generators in their high-tech polyhouses. Um, and these guys are getting up to 30% increase in yields. Now, wow. that's made me think again about carbon dioxide, you know, which is a defamed greenhouse gas, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um but from a gardener's perspective, the higher levels of carbon dioxide, the better, um, because it causes greater growth and productivity. And, mm. you know, if you, if you look at the basic science of that, um, carbon dioxide is a key ingredient of that, that miracle chemical reaction that happens in plant leaves that we call photosynthesis. Um, you know, you remember back to high school science and how um, – Photosynthesis enables plants to turn carbon dioxide and water into carbohydrates using energy from the sun Mm. and from the carbohydrates and they synthesize proteins and fats that we all need for life. So obviously carbon dioxide is is a vital ingredient. More Mm. carbon dioxide, better plant growth. Low carbon dioxide means low or no photosynthesis. Mm. So look, um, here's a quick question. Quick quiz question for you. Um, what percentage of our atmosphere is carbon dioxide, you reckon? Oh, I, I'm pretty sure I've read that it's – we actually have a, not that much oxygen in the atmosphere. I'm going to say 30%. Okay, 30% carbon dioxide. Any other takers? What do, what do you think, Danuta? Um, I, I'm going to say maybe a bit higher than that. Okay. <laughs> But how I'll much, you, I don't know. No. Here's the, here's the facts. What? It's about 0.04%. <gasps> True. 
<laughs> so and, yet, and yet the plants need so much of it, so how do they get it? <laughs> okay, so th- that's the thing. See, the ideal level of CO2 for our plants is about three to four times more than what we've got currently in our atmosphere. And, and, and that's why so many of my colleagues have got CO2 generators in their glass houses to boost levels of CO2. Oh. Uh, by doing that, they can produce more food for your family. Um, you know, there is a point where CO2 gets too high, but it's got to go five to six times higher than it is to be toxic to plants. And mm. human beings, it needs to go about 12 times higher than what we've got currently in the atmosphere. Um, you know, and then if it's to be really dangerous to human life, it's got to go a hundred times higher than what it currently is. So, um, I don't know. This has just put a real different perspective on the whole greenhouse gas things. Mm. Um, you know, greenhouse gases like CO2 are said to be the cause of a climate change crisis that many people believe will bring an existential crisis on us all. But, you know, one thing that's happening as a result of rising CO2 levels, that is anything but a crisis, and that is that it's causing the planet to green. Mm. So the journal Nature recently said that Earth has been getting greener over the last 30 years. We're about 50% of the Earth is now appreciably greener than a generation ago. Wow. That's, that's fabulous. Look, yeah, it is, it's particularly in semi-arid regions like Australia, Sub-Saharan Africa, Southeastern United, even the Amazon basin is getting greener. And even China and India, you know, which have the highest human populations on Earth, are greener. And this is all happening because CO2 levels are rising, plants are absorbing it because the more they get, the better they grow. And the, the plants of the world, like, are happily accepting the extra CO2 available and growing faster and spreading, which obviously increases their capacity to use more CO2. Maybe our next problem will be that the earth is now gets too green, too bushy, too many trees. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I think this is a real testament to the incredible negative feedback systems that God has built into the design of the world to maintain planetary mm-hmm. homeostasis balance, yeah. you know, yeah. bring, bring things back to what they should be. And so, I don't know, from a gardener's perspective, Rising CO2 levels aren't a crisis. They're actually a thing to look forward to because it means more vigorous plants, more food for our gardens, and that's a darn good problem to have, I reckon. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Rod, some some of our listeners may be thinking what I, what's crossed my mind, you know, mentioning about the glass houses and that and having the CO2 generators. Um, you know, there's so much talk about organic growing, you know, organic foods and uh, foods just generally grown with no fertilizers and all those sort of things, but also just being out naturally. Mm-hmm. What are, what is the difference or what is the benefits or is there any difference, you know, in that, in that space, the glass house stuff versus what you grow just out, 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 out of the glass houses? Yeah, look, um, Okay, from a nutrient perspective, um, most most plants that are grown in greenhouses or glasshouses or polyhouses are grown hydroponically. Mm. And uh, my colleague growers that do that, they're focusing on 17 nutrients max mm-hmm. sort of thing, and they're wanting to do whatever they can to keep the natural biological processes of, you know, earthworms and the bacteria and fungi in the soil. They don't want any of that. Okay, and so it could be argued that there's a, a narrower nutrient profile. Um, a lot of research shows that um, plant that's grown 
organically, if you like, although that really that term really needs to be qualified. Let's let's say grown biologically with the richest richness of nature that God intended gives better nutrients to us and our kids. Um, yeah, so that's one of the major major differences. Yeah. Yeah, so nutrients are just, I mean, they're so important, aren't they, for us? And, you know, my mum had a veggie patch when we were growing up as kids and we just grew up getting things literally fresh from there, putting it under the tap, rinsing it and having it on the table like within five minutes of of taking it out. It was just fabulous. The the flavour of foods are different, yeah. Yeah, you're right, Danuta. And there's only one thing better than that and that is eating it, (laughs) some would argue, without the washing. (laughs) <laughs> just, just brush the bulk of the dirt off and uh, eat it down because there's all sorts of goodies you can eat it and get out of the soil as well. Now, I might sound like a, a crazy hippie, but um, no, what you're describing is the very best way to get our food. Grow it in your backyard or your front yard and, and be blessed. Yeah, and the flavour of the food is so different, isn't it, to what you get in the shops at times that, you know, because, yeah, like tomatoes <laughs> especially, like the flavour is so strong and you get the ones in the, the – the shops and they're kind of like flavorless a lot of the time for me anyway. <laughs> and that's the challenge. And, and um, plant breeders, um, you know, they're being forced to plant, uh, uh, to grow or breed varieties that can travel long distances and, and not get bruised. And sometimes there's a trade-off and sometimes that trade-off is the taste. Mm. And the taste and the taste comes from the complex um, uh, chemical compounds that we talked about with the Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so when you don't have the same taste levels, you don't have those same complex carbohydrates, which right. bring so many health benefits to us. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Rod, thank you so much for joining us this morning and giving us this fantastic information, firstly about Brussels sprouts and now about, yeah, what's happening in the world of agriculture. We're going to continue on with the show. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.